Hello and welcome to I'll Bring the Bible with Mel and Monica. And today we have two special guests, Angie and David, and we'll be introducing them later. But right now we're talking about American food and American places because Angie and David live in Costa Rica, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what do you miss? What do you like? What's your favorite American food? Or do you have one? Buffalo chicken, anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say like chicken nuggets and stuff like that. Mm. <laughs> like McDonald's really <laughs> I will say canes. Canes, okay. We're not going to lie. Chick-fil-A. Like, one of the first places we go is Wendy's to get this Asiago chicken. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> like, we're so classy. Like, we're first in line to yeah, Wendy's. It's just not one thing. Like Chipotle. We're really <laughs> into, like, classic food. Yeah. We're really well, fancy. It, yeah. Well, you know, I think American food traditionally is not fancy. No. Yeah. It's exactly. not. But I do mm. like me a good good hamburger. Good, mm-hmm. nice, yes. juicy hamburger. No, yeah. Chinese, American Chinese is totally different than Costa Rican Chinese. So we like actually that. miss that. Like, American you know, Chinese. just like cheap Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, that's, it's completely different in Costa Rica. I wonder why. And so I think, I, well, you know how, like, that's not real Chinese food. It's right. American Chinese food. So uh-huh. they adapt Chinese food to Costa Rica, yeah. and so it's also not. Yeah, the so they have, they have these, like, like beans? Uh, <laughs> no. No, praise the Lord. No. <laughs> but they, they do have, have like, like this. If you ask for like orange chicken, we have the pieces mm-hmm. of orange with like a little, like a but it's literally like liquid sauce. It's not like sweet yeah. and like mm-hmm. good as it's bad. Is in here. I it's never, bad. we never ordered Chinese food in Mexico. That wasn't their thing. Much oh, yeah. rather I, have tacos. Oh, f- yeah. for sure. Um, stuff like that. So yes. I get it. Um, I like, I do, I actually, uh, this is actually funny because I, one of my favorite fast food restaurants is McDonald's. <laughs> Our kids will agree so with that. that. <laughs> and I know that's like a kid food, but I, I think we went to it so much. We lived on the cheap as a as young kids, and I think we went to McDonald's so much that I just like developed a taste for it. Mm-hmm. I love McDonald's. I especially love their breakfast. So oh. it's comfort for you. Yes. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> What's your favorite? What do you what do you just love, Monica? I like Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty American, really, yeah. right? Especially our Mexican. Tex-Mex. <laughs> Tex-Mex. And um, Tex-Mex. I think in Ohio, you know, we mm. probably don't have the most authentic of Mexican, <laughs> but I, I like Mexican-American. Yes, the cheese dip. Not, not Taco Bell. Mm. But, <laughs> but like... You know what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, tacos. and I like a good taco truck. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about stores? Are there any stores in Costa Rica that you can't, you don't have there, but you we Target? Have yeah. <laughs> every time, <laughs> every time we see like an open lot, I'm like, Debbie, do you think they're building a Target? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I feel like maybe we, that should be a business venture for yeah, you guys yeah. to open That'd a Target. Great. We do have a lot of the things you guys have, like Walmart and like mm-hmm. Nike stores. We don't have like, um, I don't know, like the retail places where everything is like. Uh, cheaper and that's what we miss we miss buying like cheap things in here like $30 or $40 yes. per shoes yes. that's not a thing in Costa Rica yeah. Yeah. even though we have the same stores it's way more expensive yeah, so like, like double the price so we miss yeah. discounts yeah. <laughs> like a Marshall you can buy a t-shirt for $5 like a new shirt it's either going to be very expensive or really cheap or, yeah. or, and really bad, bad quality, quality. yeah right. I always went to uh, the outdoor market, the Tianguis, where they got the all of the um, 
stuff from the United States, uh-huh. and they bring it in from Ross and you know and cool. uh, Target and stuff like that in the back of their truck. And it was uh, <laughs> that was my place, my go-to. If I wanted awesome. anything quality and cheaper. <laughs> yep. I'd hit up the. There's guns. actually a new store in uh, Costa Rica it's, that mm-hmm. is like a Target brand. They like bring stuff from the U.S. and so oh. they. I saw like a little Target logo in the bottom corner. I'm like, oh. Debbie, and it's literally the size of like this basement, and it, yes. it's awesome. But I'm like, but they might. It's they still have a Target little bit brand. more expensive than what you pay here in Cleveland. But it feels a little like home, so yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> when I lived in Belize, they wouldn't let any anything in, nothing American in at all. So everything we had to pay a premium or. It was all, you know, under the table or whatever. So just say they used to have a subway and then the subway closed down. And I mean, it was just all of that. And that's where I learned how to bake because because um, I had to make everything from scratch. Yes, that's what I've learned. That's a hardship right there. Having to make everything from scratch. <laughs> but it's true. My mom just like goes to Trader Joe's and buys like pre-made like Chinese. You put it in the like oven, like put it on the skillet and it's done. And I'm like, I have to bread this thing and do this thing all from scratch and so. Yeah. Well, Monica, you want to introduce our guests? So, we'll so get into it. we are super excited to have Angie and David from uh, Costa Rica with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, Angie and David are our uh, the pastor and pastor's wife of our uh, sister church. Mm-hmm. Um, in Costa Rica. And so um, they finally made it home after this year Mm. of pandemic. Um, Well, it's home to Angie. Um, Second home. Second Mm -hmm. and and second home to To David. David. Or David. Um, (laughs) (laughs) David. (laughs) So um, we just, uh, we're so excited for you guys to be here. Um, Tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Tell us your story. Um, You guys have a pretty unique story, I think. Of how you met. Yeah, um, so I'm Angie. I grew up here in Columbus, Ohio. I was a kindergarten teacher, and little did I know that I would end up in Costa Rica as a pastor's wife. Yeah, well, how they call Angie the pastora in our church. (laughs) Uh I'm a pastor in Costa Rica, but I'm actually not from Costa Rica. I'm from Nicaragua, which is a beautiful place, but God uh, put everything together for me to move to Costa Rica and take over this uh, small church in downtown mm-hmm. San Jose. But I actually was a pastor when I was 13 years old in Nicaragua. And I've been a Christian since 10 years old. So that would be thir- 25 years of my life. So uh, it's been great. And it's been great to see now um, what God, where God has brought me, you know, and marry a girl from Ohio. And it's all crazy. Now we have two kids. We're bilingual. But this little boy in Nicaragua never thought about such a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is this is who I am. I'm just a guy from Nicaragua who had it to go to Costa Rica in a moment of uh, looking for a job, a uh, bunch of the reasons. But and then I find myself in this ministry helping these missionaries in San Jose, Costa Rica, and uh, meeting my wife when I came for uh, discipleship school or uh, 
what internship. An internship. Yeah, Debbie came yeah. Uh, to do an internship with uh, the pastors at New Life Church. And uh, my mom was the missions director at our church. And so she actually knew David about five, six years before I met him. Um, and she always told me, the, they have the cutest little pastor in Costa Rica. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then he came. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he's how, actually a cute pastor. How old were you at the time? Oh, maybe 25. Okay. Um, and so, maybe a little, 26, I don't know. And uh, so he came to do this internship, and he was so precious. And so, um, yeah, she, we became friends. She fell in love with me right away. That's you know. true. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so we were friends. And then I uh, went on a mission trip to Costa Rica, and um, it was, like, not on our radar, really. Um, and But then we just started talking after that. And then we started our relationship long distance. A long distance relationship. So who said, I like you first? Uh, this I, is actually hilarious. Okay, <laughs> yes. I asked Angie. I mean, I knew by the time we she came to Costa Rica as a missionary that she's the one. Like, God made it clear in that mission mm-hmm. trip. And I'm like, all right, what do I do? So... I asked her, hey, would you like to learn Spanish? We can do that through <laughs> Skype, you know? And she's like, yeah, of course. I have no idea if she has the intention of, like, you know, like, just pursuing Spanish. that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> or, or actually learning Spanish. But we never... Um, I never learned any new words. <laughs> well, I never taught her Spanish. <laughs> we just talked and talked in English. And, well, this relationship was growing and all the things. I One day I was like, okay, um." I'm going to ask her to, to be my girlfriend over Skype. Uh, so I, the moment I said, hey, I just have these feelings for you. And like, would you like to be my girl? The internet shut down. <laughs> so the internet shuts down. And we, we call each other back and I'm just dying laughing. And then five seconds <laughs> so later, like, so it came no. back again, the video. And she, she was like laughing and I'm like sweating. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> And then we ended up, uh, we actually got engaged on the Great Wall of China. We we were doing a mission trip. We went to a mission trip Um, in China. It was a great opportunity just to make a memory, Uh to ask her uh, to marry me walking on the Great Wall. Yeah, you can't can't pass that. Not at all. So we have to go back in one of our anniversaries. (laughs) So you got married, and then you moved to Costa Rica to join David in ministry. So Angie, how was that? trying to acclimate to a new culture, navigating cross-cultural issues, uh, new different language, becoming a pastor's mm-hmm. wife. I mean, that all of those things are on lists of, of high stressors. So yeah. how did you... Even if it's just one of them. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Sometimes I think it was a good thing because... It wasn't like I was fitting David into a life I already had, uh-huh. um, but I was just doing it all all a new thing. And uh-huh. so I'm like, everybody should just move to a new country when they get married because <laughs> I really had to learn to, we had to learn to be a team and we had to learn to rely on each other. Mm-hmm. So I think it was really good for our marriage um, that I, I was going through all of those changes. Um, but I do think it didn't, it didn't hit me at first that I was doing all of these new things. Um, and people kept saying, okay, six months into it, that's when you're really going to feel it. And I really didn't. And I was like, oh, I must just, like, God is just, like, really gracious because I don't know, but I'm fine. And so 
and it was fine until <laughs> I think when I had uh, our first baby, I think mm-hmm. that was when it really hit me that like, oh my gosh, I am in another place and I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. And so um, I think that was when it was, it really was hard. And uh, the Lord had to really teach me about changing expectations, um, changing uh, about what does success look like? What does even being a good mom and a good wife look like? Um, because I think a lot of my standards were, what does it look like in an American perspective? Yeah. Not what does right. it look like in a biblical perspective? Mm-hmm. And so um, that was a big shift for me. Um, another thing was that I was a teacher. And so I didn't realize how much of my identity had been wrapped up in being a teacher mm-hmm. until like the new school year ran, like rolled around. And I was like, I would be getting my classroom ready. And I'm not doing that and I realized like I'm not good at Spanish I didn't speak any Spanish when I moved to Costa Rica Mm -hmm. and so I couldn't really communicate with people everything was hard and so I just felt like I wasn't good at anything um and then before I was a good teacher that was what Mm -hmm. I did that's who I was and God just really taught me like and I was such a, a performance like oriented person that was really always my struggle even with the Lord like not being not thinking that he was looking at me just based on like performance. And Mm so, um, that I feel like God just had to teach me all over again. Like, I do not love you because you're a good teacher. I don't love you because you're good at all of these things. I just love you because of who you are. Because I think at that moment, I just didn't feel good at anything. Um, and I had to learn that that was okay. And and I was still, I was okay to be mediocre at all the things, you know? And so it was a big, big learning curve for me. I had two kids on the field, too, and it really is um, challenging, mm-hmm. to say the least, when, you know, there's not anything that you've been taught in the United States. There's none of that va- available. There's yes. no mops. There's, you know, not the that your own community of yeah. support in your mm-hmm. own culture. Yeah. It's totally different, but um, you do it. Yep. You do it, and you're yep. doing it, and you're doing a good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's what I see on Facebook anyway. <laughs> from what your mom posts, that no, you're she, doing a good job. She is doing a great job. Right? And she learned English by her, I mean Spanish. She learned English by, by herself, yeah, too. Yeah, by herself, too. <laughs> good job. Thank you. Uh, but uh, Spanish, like I, we never said and have lessons. She never went to school uh, for Spanish lessons. It's just like went with the flow and she got the Spanish and she teaching the Spanish and uh, now she uses uh, jeans all the time because now she's Latin you know yes. Uh, yes. so <laughs> yeah the cute uh, dress teacher uh, that's not her identity anymore mm-hmm. but but it's in Christ you know mm-hmm. and that's what is cool to see how, what 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 a good mother she is what a good Mm -hmm. wife what a good ministry partner what an awesome sister to other uh, women in our church and our community that they look at her as a great example Mm -hmm. which she is that and it wasn't easy for her for sure Uh, but she pushed forward she pray about it and God give her the strength to do all these things Mm -hmm. so very cool. All right. You I can admire die now. Her. Happy. You're just going to be like a great <laughs> <laughs> He just told the world uh-huh. how awesome you are. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about um, your community and your church. All right. So we are located in a little community called Bajo Los Anonos. 
Uh, so it's literally it's uh, like a slum place, mm-hmm. you know, like. And uh, there is like half of the population in this little place are they're from Nicaragua, mm-hmm. and half are from Costa Rica, which is great because I'm uh, Nicaraguan, but I've been in Costa Rica for 17 or 18 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be able to help these two different worlds, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a great opportunity mm-hmm. to me because I sh- we just can reach people from our my own nation, but also from Costa Rica. Uh, in the same within the same place, mm-hmm. so this little place, um, there is a lot of bad stuff happening like everywhere. But this is more exposed. You can see it uh, more in, on your face. You know, prostitutions and uh, mm-hmm. drug dealing, um, homelessness, and all these little things and all these abuses, mm-hmm. uh, all all the world of abusing like sexually and all like everything so um this is our little community but these people um they're looking for love Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is the big deal i'm pretty sure everywhere Mm -hmm. uh but the need of love the need of a father the need of people who won't uh leave their life and will stay there Mm -hmm. it's what they're looking for and that's what our ministry and our church is about. That's what we partner with the U.S. That's what we have other partner churches uh, to have. And we've been partnered with our church here in the U.S. for like over 12 years. years. Yeah. So that has created our, our kids, the kids who we started the ministry with. They were like 10 years old, 9 years old. They know who uh, our partner church in the U.S. is. They know mm-hmm. all of them. So... It's cool to see, and it's cool for the partner church to see that these kids grow up uh, to be somebody, you mm-hmm. know. And now we, I mean, the year before pandemic in 2019, we married like six couple from our church, wow. which marriage is not a thing in this mm-hmm. community. It's not a thing in our culture. Uh, so that's just a... Uh, something that motivate us and give us the purpose, and we know that we're doing what God has uh, called us to do. So, but this is our little community, Bajo Los Anonos, and it is slum surround by all these wealthy people, which mm-hmm. is really weird because mm-hmm. all the outside of this community are wealthy people, but they do not care about these people, or mm-hmm. maybe they do care, but superficially, uh, not in a deep level that they mm-hmm. will like be their presence for these mm-hmm. people to help them in uh, everything they need. Can uh, Angie, can you speak a little bit to how it's things have changed since COVID-19 happened? Yeah, um, I think that it's been hard because a lot of our people live day to day. And so um, when like they just don't have the privilege to be able to call off work and say, oh, hey, like have symptoms or I might need I need to get tested. And so um, that meant a loss of income for a lot of families, which is really, really hard. And so um, we were really grateful because through like donations, we were able to provide a lot of food and stuff Mm -hmm. for people, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when a lot of our and a lot of our people, the the jobs that they're working in our fast food jobs or um, like cleaning ladies, things like that. And so they were the first things to get shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, Those aren't jobs that they can do virtually from their homes. And so um, a lot of those people lost work. Um, What was really hard for us too, like we have a a sweet girl in our community who had been sober for several, several years and um, she lost her job during the pandemic and then relapsed um, because of that. And 
Um, so those things have been really, really hard uh, for us and for us to see. Also, our people, um, not all of them have access to, to technology and phones. So we were doing virtual services, but it's not the same for, for them. They're not able to access right. things as easily. And so um, that's just been something that's been really, really hard for us because um, it just looks different. It looks different yeah. in our community. And so it has definitely taken a toll. We're really grateful um, that we... In October, we were able to start back, like, present, present, um, presential November. church, October, yeah, November, and so um, we're trying to get back into the swing of things, but we know that for it's, people who, who when you take several steps back, it's hard to raise mm-hmm. yourself back out, out of those pits, and so, um, but we've seen, like, that girl I was mentioning, she started coming back to church, and she's still struggling, but she's coming, and she knows mm-hmm. she's welcome, and so um, we're just praying that as um, we're the Lord is like making our way out of this pandemic that mm-hmm. our people will um, will follow. We'll follow that. So my friend from Belize told me that they will like slap you with a huge fine or throw you in jail if you don't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. And it's actually mandated. So how were, have they been able to mandate and keep strict mask policy there? Yeah. And what and is it like here you wouldn't get a fine? But mm-hmm. in Belize, they do. Do they? Was it fine enforced? Or? It was not fine enforced. Um, but it's just very interesting that mm-hmm. I would say in um, social situations, uh, Costa Ricans typically didn't comply with a lot of regulations. But in public situations, everybody mm-hmm. just wore a mask. Like the government told them to do it, mm-hmm. and they did it. Mm-hmm. And so, and literally, in every store I ever went in, everyone was wearing a mask, no questions asked, like and wearing them correctly. Yeah. Bus stops, all of the buses, and so. Um, which is very interesting. It's a very big cultural cultural difference, mm-hmm. and I don't um, completely understand why. Um, but they de- definitely there's just a lot of compliance, which mm-hmm. I was really proud of Costa Rica for that. That they um, and the same with church. Everyone since Wars we opened, mask. everyone just comes in and wears their mask, mm-hmm. and yep. so we've been really grateful for that. I think here one of the problems was all these mandates happened during an election year mm-hmm. that was already mm-hmm. so tense, yeah. and somehow. Whether you wore a mask or not depended on whether you were Democrat or Republican, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't even make any sense. So I think that that's one of the things that we saw kind of here that you didn't really. Well, it's really interesting because I think when we step out of the United States, you see things in a different way. And so we can see, oh, maybe this thing is mixed and it's not maybe the way the rest of the world looks at it because Mm -hmm. we're seeing, you know, people are the same in Costa Rica, but we're not having the same issue. So I think Mm -hmm. that's when we see, oh, this is somehow a maybe uh, part of our United States frame of mind, maybe that's Mm -hmm. other things are coming into play. It's a freedom issue. We are instilled as Americans that we have freedoms freedoms, and it's very much about the individual and I feel like in warm culture, in warm cultures, um, it's very much about the collective and Mm. and how we're doing collectively and how we can take care of each other Mm -hmm. collectively And, and here it's like Every man for himself. But sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, but I think like even in Costa Rica, they said that masks are going to stay even mm-hmm. if this virus is gone or everybody has a vaccine because it prevents you from other viruses. Mm-hmm. They saw like a lot of cases of like flu yeah. and other things, uh, even like washing your hands all the time or use sanitizer, mm-hmm. uh, like cases of diarrhea went down. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. flu and all these other things. So just good hygiene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are good things we learned from pandemic. Right? Yes, yeah. well, exactly. These are things that people in in countries like that they they mm. die from. Yeah, yeah. people right. were dying in Belize yep. from the chickenpox and from mm. kidney stones. Yeah. 
because they weren't getting regular checkups or yeah. doing their their care and they were getting things like diarrhea and things yeah. like that that exacerbated their yeah. medical condition so yeah. in cases like you know con- countries like that it really does it, it does it make sense yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and i think that's one of the things when you had said um how you know when you're not in the u.s you can kind of take a step mm-hmm. back and see how things are looked at from a different angle and mm-hmm. that's been such a huge privilege for me and you know our family uh, being able to go to Nicaragua every year and the and our kids growing up with the the same yes. seeing the same group of kids like Hasbell that even came and visited yes. Jacob the last time um, and and you spending you know so many years mm-hmm. in Belize and and Mexico you know it's a privilege that most of us don't have yeah. to yeah. where we can raise our kids to see through the lens of other people. Other people. And it's definitely affected how my older kids have seen the world Absolutely. and the way that they're able to take a step back. And yeah. this is so curious and very interesting because that's what we feel with our community too. Uh, this this kid's world is this whole, this Bajuanonos place. Mm-hmm. So their their view is so little of the world mm-hmm. that they think they have no hope, they think they're made for this little life. So, but as soon as you extend that world to another country, even mm-hmm. like we have taken them, our little church from Costa Rica to Nicaragua mm-hmm. mission trip. Yeah. And like, it's the whole thing's changed. They, they mm-hmm. see that they actually can bless other people with mm-hmm. the stuff they have, but they also already super poor in Costa Rica. But no, there is other countries that are even in worse conditions than you, that mm-hmm. Costa Rica. So open that world mm-hmm. and mindset. Like mm-hmm. you're not just in this little bubble mm-hmm. of your own self, but when you have the privilege to travel to other places, mm-hmm. you can see a different view and a right. different, uh, different uh, cosmovision, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I just look uh, at you like, you know, you are a, a little poor boy in yeah. in Nicaragua mm-hmm. who ended up proposing to his wife at the Great Wall of China. <laughs> who wouldn't know? And literally, <laughs> I grew up in a plastic house. That was Literally, our first Debbie house. always says things to me, and I'm like, what? You did, you did what? Because mm-hmm. I just, you just forget. And like, you're, literally, like we talked about. the suburbs? Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody, you know, nobody had toilet paper. And Debbie's like, we never had toilet paper. Like, <laughs> and like, they, I my old they would notebooks. use old school <laughs> notebooks Sorry. and rip out the pages of the notebook. And I'm like, what? And so. <laughs> just at least ball it up for right. it. Make it soft in the That's a good idea. <laughs> oh, I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, like, I just feel like it's really easy to, for him, for any of us, I don't know, to forget where he, exactly he came from. Mm-hmm. But, and yeah. that's the thing, I, I, as the Lord, I would never forget, mm-hmm. forget who I am, yeah. that, what I come from, that I will always be proud, not in a way that I feel, I'll feel like I'm better or know more than other people, but in the way that will humble myself and be always grateful to where I am right now because that was definitely the Lord making all these things. I mean, that leads us to um, another question. Uh, What do you see as being some of the biggest needs in the global church today? Uh, This is a good question Um, because um, at least in Latin America, I can speak for that for a little bit. You know, I've been in uh, Central America, also China, in the U.S. But 
I feel uh, one of the biggest things, I read this book by Miguel Nunez, which is a oh, Latin awesome. author. Yeah, he works with the Gospel Coalition. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, uh, so in 2015, I think, and it's called Grace Over Grace. And one of the titles of the book was Why is Latin America ha doesn't know the gospel yet? And I'm like, what does it mean? Yeah, because Latin America still not evangelize in a gospel way. You know, mm -hmm. we have a lot of Catholicism and mm -hmm. a lot of Pentecostal mm -hmm. life, which is totally different than what the gospel perspective will mm -hmm. bring us. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot, like our members in our church will be people rejected from the Pentecostal church in the corner yeah. because they have a tattoo, because yeah. the women wear pants, because you're in a free union that, I mean, if they're part of your church, there's there's nothing you can do but show them the gospel and love. Right. They have to make their own decision if they're going to get married or not. But mm -hmm. for them, that's like, you want to be part of this church, you need to get married first. Yeah. Uh, so those are the things we, we have those type of members. So I feel like the gospel in a real sense of what the gospel is, that's what the global church needs you know because we're sometimes we are or too much in love like god will forgive you um you yes. can do whatever that's one of our hot buttons yeah. yeah grace over grace and like uh -huh. oh there is a limit you know there's boundaries that the bible sh t teaches oh, wait, 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 wait. now hold up because there are some people that would say that there is no lim there are no limits to god's grace mm. <laughs> well, the, in the end, there'll be the, the answer of those questions for sure. But there's also the other side of the story, um, which is like, no, you have to do such and such a thing to be able to be safe or to uh -huh. be able mm -hmm. to be accepted by God. And there's, there is a level. There is a middle ground in between these two worlds mm -hmm. that we have to combine because it's not too much of the other one, but not too much of the other side either. So I think that real gospel uh, needs to be preached in a sense of grace over grace, mm -hmm. awesome, but there's still responsibility yeah. in our mm -hmm. sides mm -hmm. to do. They go together. They yeah. go together mm -hmm. because just not because God is grace and love and right. all these things. He also... Uh, demands from us like mm -hmm. you know a friend used to say salvation is free but cost everything right well cost the gospel is transformational and so if the gospel is really transforming your life mm -hmm. then you're yeah. not then going, you're to, going to there's going to be evidence you're not going to buy into evidence. yeah and the transformation doesn't come mm -hmm. it could come like a cloud and like pour down right. from from mm -hmm. the sky but sometimes it comes from being consistent, from being right. disciplined, mm -hmm. from the it's like training your own yeah. self, like all the letters of Paul yeah. said and right. talked about being trained mm -hmm. to read the Bible, to mm -hmm. know the Bible, mm -hmm. to pray, to do all these things, to become a follower of Jesus. But the point is, is that spiritual formation, mm -hmm. if you have Christ in your life, is going to happen. Exactly. Well, and throughout, exactly. throughout Scripture, I mean, we are, we are called to repentance and we are called to, to works but you all grace always comes first yeah mm -hmm. so there's always the grace f to do what god has called us to do mm -hmm. it's not one or the other yeah. we are we are saved we are free to be workers for the mm -hmm. lord yeah 
And this is the thing. I told my church in a bunch of uh, our sermons. Stop fighting sin. Mm-hmm. Sin is not... Stop sinning is not the goal. Right. It's, it's not the goal. Mm-hmm. Like, your goal is a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is what you go. You want you want fight sin. You need a relationship with Jesus right. first. Other, otherwise, you're not going to have any right. change. Mm-hmm. Like, all, right. first mm-hmm. step is get closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Second step is get closer to Jesus. Third step mm-hmm. is getting closer to Jesus. And as you do that, then it's not that you're never going to sin, but the sin gets less and less. It and won't less. control well, you. Right, right, it yes. won't dominate you. It won't. It won't be. You won't be a uh, slave or the sin. Mm-hmm. And that's what we find. Like we live in this culture of behavior modification. Like they want to see. They want to see perfect people instead of. Um, they want to instead of seeing people who have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's, and I think that's what we. Our goal is. It's that people would just understand the gospel and that they would that's fall it. in love mm-hmm. with the Lord and not just try to follow a bunch of rules. Yeah. Um, and that's what we've seen a lot in Latin America. That now, when I of... when I gave my life to Jesus, I was 10 years old and I was part of a Pentecostal church. I wasn't allowed to wear shorts. I was only 10. But I, I, I didn't know better. I remember I used to go to ch- uh, bed with my pants. In Nicaragua. Because in Nicaragua. It's a <laughs> yes. I even fought my mom once when she uh, gave her life to Jesus. I told her as a li- little a 13 years old pastor, told her, you need to stop wearing uh, pants. And she didn't listen to me. And uh, one day I said, I'm going to pray to God to cut your legs so you won't have any legs to wear pants. No kidding. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord, she didn't stop wearing pants. <laughs> but now I can see those things. Before, I used to pray six hours a day and read eight chapters of the Bible. Otherwise, God was going to be mad at me. Now That's what they kids. make me believe. Now yeah. you have children. Yeah, yeah now I have children. <laughs> yes, but uh, see, there is these two worlds that I feel like the gospel, the real gospel, is what the world needs. Mm-hmm. And right. this is the thing. We have to humble ourselves to to seek that. Mm-hmm. What is that? Because everybody thinks they know everything. Just right. because you're yeah. a scholar, because you know the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you have, no, we, the Bible is a whole ocean yeah. of questions and answers and all these things. And we need to humble ourselves all the time and ask the Lord, what do you want to teach me? Every day, doesn't matter if you have all the degrees in your wall. Mm-hmm. You will go and find yourself in a different country and be like, what have I done? What do I do? Right. Because it's a different thing in every single place. And you need to humble yourself to learn to teach others. Mm-hmm. Um, so why should Christians get involved in international missions? Mm-hmm. I think that um, we, it's easy for us to look at our life, at the gospel, all these things with a lens of our own culture mm-hmm. and our own perspective. Yeah. And we know that the gospel doesn't have a nationality. 
and doesn't have one specific language. And so I think sometimes when we get out of our own country, we can we see things differently. And we see, I, I think um, sometimes I thought, we think, okay, the Bible is talking this way to me. But if that, I heard it say, like, if that gospel doesn't, remain true to people in Africa or people in Costa Rica, then maybe you're not reading it the right way because that the gospel is the same for people all over the world and right. in different situations. And so um, sometimes I think we need to get out of our country and out of our rhythms to see to see things differently. Um, I've just learned so much about yeah. how much my perspective changed the when I just lived in the United States and I just... Uh, was around the same people, it changed how I read the Bible and what I knew about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've seen things differently because God has opened my mind and my heart um, yeah. differently. It gives you a different perspective of what grace is, mm-hmm. you know, to to reach out to other places, uh, to go to, to plug into international ministries, mm-hmm. uh, to plug into missions. Or even like we are under support in Costa Rica too, like just to be able to have that support so we can introduce the yeah. gospel mm-hmm. to these people and loving them and be consistent to them and have someone they can rely relate on, mm-hmm. but showing Jesus, so mm-hmm. showing them that true gospel. Yeah. Uh, many Americans can do that, mm-hmm. you know, but because maybe you don't have the time, you have. All the kids in the world, you don't have the time to go to every nation to mm-hmm. spread the gospel, but you can make an impact yeah. through uh, donations, through helping somebody else, through adopting, mm-hmm. uh, through a program to a kid in the mm-hmm. in another nations. So there is so many things we can do, and we should do if we would call, uh, if we would call ourselves Christians. We have to plug into a, uh, a mission. Whether we be inside your own location, in your own city, or outside. Or if you can do both, Mm -hmm. do both. But Mm -hmm. that's the mission we have. Not just to stay within a little bubble, Mm -hmm. but to expand this gospel to the nations. And that could be you going to the nations or you supporting somebody who is actually called to go to the nations. You know? I, um, I knew this man who... They brought um, uh, people in in Tijuana in um, to build houses, uh, missions trip, and their whole purpose was to give Americans a different view. And his whole challenge throughout the whole week is, what are you going to decide to do about um, missions and, and cross-cultural work? Because there's two choices. You're either going or you're giving. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I totally support support that. Mm-hmm. And then not to mention what it does in your heart when yeah. you have oh, to yeah. constantly rely right. on somebody else mm-hmm. for your livelihood mm-hmm. yeah. to say, okay, well, if we don't raise X, Y, and Z amount per month or receive mm-hmm. our support, then that's going to have to mean a cut in ministry mm-hmm. or a cut, you know, reduce our grocery budget or whatever. And, and those things are faith building and, yeah. and God does yeah. an amazing work yeah. in your heart when it does. Yeah. you have to rely it, on that it's so sweet at, at the beginning of the pandemic um, we live under support uh, to preach the gospel in Latin America but uh, 
I told Angie in the beginning when we knew like everybody like is getting with the jobs and like all this craziness is happening everywhere in the world. We're like, okay, our support might be down, so we might be moving Rice to and the, beans every day. Moving <laughs> to the hood. Um, but uh, I got this call from one of our partner churches, and it was the pastor. And I'm like, he never calls us. Never called. Me. <laughs> and all right, and I look at Angie and like, well. May his will be done. <laughs> so I answered my phone. And I'm like, hey. And this pastor was like, hey, how are you guys? You know, I just wanted to call you to see, like, how you guys are doing with the pandemic. How is Costa Rica? I'm like, well, we, so I told him what was going on. It's like, yeah, well, I was calling you to donate $1,000 if you can buy groceries for people. Mm-hmm. Well, my uh, intelligence and heart and mind and brain and all that I, I have was like, okay, our support was going to be shorter this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, God was working mm-hmm. on something different. And I literally just like burst into tears because I was like, God, you are so mm-hmm. faithful. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and for some reason, our, our humanness always jumps to like Mm -hmm. fear and worry and he was just like i am taking care of you and i'm taking care of your people Mm -hmm. like don't stress about these Mm -hmm. things and i know like there will be seasons there are have been seasons that are harder um as far as support and all those things but god has just proven time and time again like look at me do you know who I am? Like, I am taking care of it. And so it just is and so humbling. Mel, it's curious that you uh, told me the story of this guy building houses in mm-hmm. Mexico. So uh, our ministry in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. that was the intention of the ministry. Mm-hmm. It was building houses in Costa Rica and bring people from the U.S., to have a different perspective of yep. missions and mm-hmm. life in a different country. So uh, while this was happening... Uh, and the brain of all these missionaries who were part of this mm-hmm. uh, ministry in Costa Rica, they uh, find this house in this neighborhood in Anonos. They moved in. They put the mission house in there to help people to build houses. But they all of a sudden, they found all these kids following them everywhere, you know, and wanted to, and they were praying for them and all these things. And one of the kids was like, uh, and they were going to another uh, church, our church is La Viña Anonos, and they were going to another Viña in another city, but that wasn't, it was too far away for them. It was for it, like rich kids. It was for and rich so kids. Our kids didn't feel, so they didn't feed okay. and with this church. So one of our 10 years old uh, told the missionary who started this ministry, can we have our church in here? So he put, we rented this little uh like room it was the size of this room actually and uh he put outside he wrote it in paint la viña anonos and this little boy said this is our church this Mm -hmm. is our viña Mm -hmm. well when we were thinking or the missionaries were thinking of having this cultural experience for u.s kids u.s churches Mm -hmm. god was thinking i don't want just a house in this place yeah. I don't want just houses for people. I want the gospel mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. place. I want yeah. the gospel for these little boys. And this little boy is one of our worship leaders. He got married. He got mm-hmm. a career. He got a good job. He just bought a house. They bought a car. They had a baby, like a two, three weeks old baby. Mm-hmm. He got married. All these wonderful things. And I always think, what would have happened if he, that idea wasn't... 
right. God would have brought that to place, you know. Uh, he, this kid will be in a different place, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes short-term missions gets a bad rap because, mm-hmm. you know, churches mm-hmm. or people even increasingly, I've noticed, because short-term missions used to be really hot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everybody was going out short-term missions until people decided that they didn't want to sh- send their youth on a vacation uh-huh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get it, but we did, sh- that's what was our thing in um, Belize is that we hosted for about a couple of years some short-term missions teams. And while you have to be careful because sometimes it can be um, harmful to the culture, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you can do it in a way where it is successful not only for um the people that live there, but also very challenging. And our kids need it. Our mm-hmm. kids need to see yeah. something mm-hmm. different. Okay. And that's a it's a great mm-hmm. way to do it um, if you can do it right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. I think that that's something that's really important to us. Like, we are not, we're not super interested in having, like, churches who will come once uh-huh. to our community and never right. come back again. Um, we are interested in partnerships. Yeah. And long, because long term. our people already have had a lot of abandonment, mm-hmm. have a lot of trust issues. issues. And, but when a group of people, even if that person never comes back again, if they come with a name of a church that they know and love, who they know, know mm-hmm. and loves them, then there's already speakability. Like they already right. have oh, yeah. credibility built up with them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. instead of, you're not starting at level zero anymore, you're starting a little bit ahead. And yeah. so they're able to, um, they already have like so you can make more ground and i think um there's a lot about attitude for missions too i think um there's very commonly sometimes like an attitude from the united states like i'm going to come help these poor Mm -hmm. people and feel really great about myself Mm -hmm. give them all of my knowledge and wisdom and then head back to my cushy life exactly (laughs) but um and i think it's all about shifting that and realizing Mm -hmm. we are one body working together Mm -hmm. and we both have things that we can do to encourage and build up one another and so it's not a one-way street and I think that's always our goal is that like people come and our people are built into but also that our people from our church can build into them yeah. just imagine that you met this friend that is totally different than you it's white blue eyes so you extra excited because it's somebody different mm-hmm. but you make this connection right. and try to communicate and like feel I have a friend mm-hmm. And the friend is gone two weeks after and never come back. Mm -hmm. Like that have to break your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, like as a little boy, as a little girl, Mm -hmm. that have to break. But if you know that this friend Mm -hmm. will come, will connect with you and we say, hey, how are you? How can I pray for Mm -hmm. you? I'll I'll come next year and see you and check out how you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's partnering. That's what church is supposed to be, not Mm -hmm. just one thing mission but partner long term because it will create a bigger impact in yeah. other people's life yeah all about being in the united states it's just it's really easy to get consumed in all of the noise right and so i think when we when we get out of that and are part of something bigger and different than us mm-hmm. i do think it wakes up our heart and i just think too there's a part of obedience like mm-hmm. the lord calls us to this the lord mm-hmm. calls us to missions mm-hmm. and i think that there's something about obedience and that, that mm-hmm. the lord honors mm-hmm. yeah. you know? and i will say um 
missions be be involved in missions is not easy right it's not comfortable right it's not something you will feel good at it which we're actually called to yeah but we're called (laughs) exactly and that's what the gospel is about it's not just hey you're in victory all the time god will provide all the millions you need no, sometimes you'll, most of the time you'll go hungry mm-hmm. or you go insecure. What do I do? Mm-hmm. But it, it won't be easy. It, yes. it, you know, gospel is not easy. If you feel in a place that you feel comfortable in your community, in your mission, if you feel I can drink a coffee all in peace, not think about anything all about me, but that's my that's, favorite thing. I know. It's mine, too. Uh, but I feel there's something that God needs to shake mm-hmm. yep. because yeah. it's not. we're not supposed to have this prosperity mindset mm-hmm. of, uh, well, God is blessing me because I have all such a thing and that great mm-hmm. job. And Amen. This, mm-hmm. No, that's not. that shouldn't be our view of the gospel, of God. Or God bless, blessing, mm-hmm. you know. No, it, gospel is to be uncomfortable. It's yeah. to be hard mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And we have to challenge ourselves in the Bible, yeah. often challenge ourselves in mission. And we see that all the time. But like, There's not going to be privacy. But when you see and look at Jesus' example, right. this is the thing. We like to see David in his kingdom. We like mm-hmm. to see Solomon with all his money and wisdom. Mm-hmm. But the least we see is Jesus that didn't have, even had a pillow to sleep, yeah. a place to sleep. But we don't want to be like Jesus. We want to be like David, right? you know, conquering the Gol- Goliath. Mm-hmm. No, we need to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to follow Jesus. And that is not going to be comfortable mm-hmm. because God is always shaping us to who he wants us to be and he wants us to be like him mm-hmm. and that wasn't easy because this is not our home mm-hmm. this is not our home god doesn't want us to be comfortable here you're hurting my feelings i know i know I and be I'm comfortable hurt, i am hurting mine too because you know my retirement plan is you know cruise and right. all these things i mean it sounds just great you know but i, wow. I know i have to give up just Galatians right. to 20. I don't live any longer. Like, Jesus, I have to live in me. And that's not easy. Yeah. Right. Never going to be easy. If it's easy, it's something wrong happening. Right. <laughs> I have a hard time whenever we come to the U.S., I think especially with kids, because I, like, was driving through my old neighborhood. We, like, drove by a school, and I'm like... <gasps> Look at that cute school and yellow school buses. Like, I would love for my kids to ride on a yellow school bus. And, like, my mom There's has school this, buses. Uh, yeah, they're not the same. Yeah. And I, like, my mom has this big, beautiful backyard with a fence. I'm like, they can just play in the backyard. And there's a part of, like, my human heart mm-hmm. that, like, desires that, mm-hmm. you know. And I told David, I just have to fight that every mm-hmm. time I'm here, like, but what do I want for my kids? And not that that's what? a bad Look thing. Look at what but like, you're giving your kids. Exactly. And that's why yeah. I think. It's not about thing to think those having things. Having raised three on the mission field, you're giving them way more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just telling you, their their viewpoint, their perspective is, is so much richer. And mm-hmm. my kids don't really get, get um, not along, but they don't really blend in very well. 
mm-hmm. over here, especially in public school, yeah. because their perspective is a little different. Yeah. But um, it's I'm so glad that they have it. Yep, and that's so what I think. Even and even for people who do like live in the United States, like not everybody. Mm-hmm gets to gets to be full-time missionaries, you know, mm-hmm. but how do we raise our kids to understand like it's not just about being comfortable. Yeah. It's not just about yeah. this, but how do we stretch our heart and our mind in yeah. a way that we are choosing to glorify the yeah. Lord regardless of where we are yeah. um, and just not getting letting ourselves just get too comfortable. And and that's the key. I feel like I'm not saying go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Are you putting God in the first place over right. everything you have? Right, because there are opportunities. Yeah. If you can't, most most people are not in a position where they they can go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you can give if you're listening. You can give, and we'll <laughs> talk about that in a minute. Um, but if you're, there are ways and opportunities to reach out and sacrifice right here in the United States. Yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of things, and we don't want to. We don't want to bash the United States. We always said it's not bad. It's just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things are, are different here than they are in different s- states. But it's just that our perspective has gotten so, uh, you know, minimal here in the States that we mm-hmm. need to broaden it. And one yeah. way that you can do that is start right here. And mm. God will show you. God will yeah, show you. Sure. Uh, if you're supposed to be a missionary, he will show you and he will provide the yeah. way. And if you're supposed to give, he will give you the resources to give or put in your heart mm-hmm. to sacrifice mm-hmm. something so that you can mm-hmm. give. There are many different ways to go yeah. about this. So tell us how people can support you guys. Speaking of giving. <laughs> Speaking of giving. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have three things in mind that we normally put in the newsletters and everything. And maybe my wife have more. I don't know. <laughs> but number one is prayers. Mm-hmm. Most important of everything. Prayers will move hearts. It's just are they, mm-hmm. it's harder to move a heart than move a mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel. So prayers, uh, I will say economic support. Mm-hmm. Anything is welcome to missions, mm-hmm. to churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything from like 50 cents Mm -hmm. to thousands, you know, whatever could be that God will say, okay, I will give this to to missions in your heart. Economic is always good because economic is is what moves the world. Right. (laughs) So uh, sadly, money is a need. Money Money helps the gospel. So how can people Uh, do that? How can um, our giving is set up through enewlife.com. Uh-huh. So you can go to www.enewlife.com. And in their giving link, there's a spot that says the Jimenez Pastor Fund. And okay. so that's what, um, yeah. all, all of that money goes to us so that we're able to live and yeah. um, live and, there. And bless okay. others. Yeah. And you we'll, know. listeners will post that link for you so that you have it if you feel called to support. Yeah, and I think the number, th- the number three will be come. One day, mm-hmm. come and see it for your own eye and see what God is doing in another part of the world, closer to the equator. And no, too, I feel like when people come on trips, it, um, it is a support to us. Like, I think for it's me, refreshing. there's so much encouragement um, that happens in my heart when people come and um, it encourages our people and it encourages us. So it's, it's a huge thing. It's, it's, it's a blessing. It refreshes ourselves to know that we're not alone <laughs> because often we can feel super alone in the mission field. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but having people come in and visit, and I know this pandemic time that we're living, it's not allowing us to do as much as we want to, but in some point we will be able to, and you can make your way to do a mission, whether we be in Costa Rica, we'll welcome you, mm-hmm. uh, or we'll be in Mexico, in Nicaragua, in Belize, in China, right. like God will show you mm-hmm. uh, definitely where that he wants you to go. So I think those are three things that we can you can support um, our mission in Costa Rica and other missions as well. Good. Well, thank you very much for joining us here yeah, on our podcast. So we thank you guys for having exciting. us. Yes. Well, it's a it's a it's a commitment for sure. We we know how precious your time here is. Mm-hmm. You could be spending it with family or friends, and yeah. you took time out to. Spend it We're with friends. Us. Yeah. Well, friend and somebody that you know. <laughs> Well, I also want to thank you because this is such a good resource for uh, all the people who mm-hmm. wants to plug into other mm-hmm. ministries uh-huh. and hear what God is doing in other places in the world. And it's a way to not feel like I'm in this little bubble. There's more mm-hmm. of the world outside, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more of what God is doing outside. So um, thank you for the opportunity you're yeah. giving to people and for uh, being uh, used by the Lord by doing this. Mm -hmm. It's great. I think it's a great resource. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. We love it. it. We do. We we like it. We enjoy it. We do. We're having a ball. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, (laughs) listeners, you heard it. We'll be posting all the links. And if you would like to support um, Angie and David, you can do that uh, through... I'll bring the Bible or and we'll point you in the right direction. And remember that you can find us on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook under I'll Bring the Bible. Also, I'll bring the Bible.com. So we're very fancy here. We are the fanciest. <laughs> and we would love for you to share this with other people. We'd love to broaden our audience and um, get other people other than our husbands listening. <laughs> no, our, other people are listening. Our parents. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, we'd love for uh, other people to listen, so please feel free to share and comment. We love to read your comments on Facebook and on Instagram and see all of your support. Some of you I know by name, but I don't know you at all. But just because you like and you comment so much on Facebook and Instagram, I know you and I appreciate you and we love you. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us here on I'll Bring the Bible. Bye. 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 (laughs) Great. Okay.